he wrote later that Christianity doesn't solve the problem of evil, the problem of pain, it creates it because pain or evil would be no problem unless you had some expectation that ultimate reality, the ultimate universe that you expect that is behind the universe is righteous and good. On the Choose to Think podcast, I will encourage and empower you to engage and optimize your best thought life in practical, meaningful ways so that you can live day by day in joy, peace, and God's purpose despite all externals. This is Victoria, and welcome back to the Choose to Think podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome back, everybody, to the Choose to Think inspirational podcast. And I have such a pleasure of introducing to you Max McLean. I feel quite certain that you know exactly who Max is, but let me tell you just a little bit about him. He is an award-winning actor and founder and artistic director of New York City-based Fellowship for Performing Arts. Max adapted for the stage, the Screwtape Letters, C.S. Lewis on Stage, The Most Reluctant Convert, and we're going to chat about that today, The Great Divorce, Genesis, and Mark's Gospel. His recent writing and producing credits include Martin Luther on Trial. As an actor, he created the roles of Screwtape in New York on national tour and in London, C.S. Lewis in the Most Reluctant Convert on national tour in an extended 15-week run in New York, and in the upcoming film version, actually it's not upcoming at this, um, upcoming film version premiering nationwide November 3rd. Um, is that right? Uh, that I... was last year. That was last year. Am I that's... reading last year's? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking because that's, yeah. See, I've already watched it. I've watched it twice <laughs> yeah. as a matter of fact. So I'm just now actually reading what and understanding what I'm, what I'm saying here. At any rate, Mark and Mark's Gospel and Storyteller in Genesis, Max received the Jeff Award, Chicago Theater's highest honor for his performance of Mark's Gospel. He has been nominated for four awards from the Audio Publishers Association for his narration of the Listener's Bible. His creative work has been cited with distinction by the New York Times, Washington Post, Boston Globe, Chicago Tribune, Wall Street Journal, and CNN, to name a few. So, Max, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Victoria. Yeah. Well, you know, you're, I'm a complete stranger to you, but you are not a stranger to me. And I, I almost cannot believe how this has come. I want to tell you something that's come full circle. I was saved in the year 2000 and I was at that point hungry for God's word. And I got in to the listener's Bible and I'll never forget, it was so expensive for me to actually purchase that at that time in my life. It was like this huge investment because I got the entire thing and you were reading that. I think it was still called the Listener's Bible back then. Or audio, yeah, and it I, don't... Was, I think you bought 66 CDs. <laughs> I did. I really <laughs> did. They were all over my house, in my car. They were everywhere. So like nonstop, I was hearing your voice and listening to you. And, and then I thought nothing much more about you, quite frankly, other than, man, that guy's got an awesome voice. My kids came up through teen Bible quiz at our church. And I can remember we were studying one of the gospels and we, we listened to your, your CDs. Then even my kids, as they were memorizing the books of the Bible. And so 
I think, how on earth did God so bless me? If, if this, I know it will bless listeners and viewers, but if nothing else, this is so dear to my heart that the, the power behind the influence behind your ministry and what you've done as a life vocation, how you have been persistent and doggedly continued to quote God's word, to support Christian media as a passion of yours has truly has marked my life in very meaningful ways. And I'm just so just tickled pink to be able to even say that to you directly and face to face. So, and you know, you, this maybe your work, you, you have lots of good grief, all these wonderful acclaims and, and uh, you're very well known, sought after, incredibly talented, but this is just one little woman in Kentucky saying, thank you. And I really mean that from the bottom of my heart. You've um, impacted my, in fact, my husband, I hear him every morning. He's listening to the audio, audio Bible as he's going through the Bible in a year. I'm like, there's Max McLean, you know? And so I have this long relationship with you that you know nothing about, but I'm so delighted to say thank you for that. Well, I'm grateful for that because, you know, uh, I've been a stage actor for a long time, but uh, most people, if I'm known for anything, it's my voice and it's my voice through uh, narrating uh, the Bible. I've narrated five different times uh, and my approach has been to use the skills and techniques that uh, God has opened up to me to develop in the theater and apply it to the scripture you know the scripture is a story about the life and death of about god's interactions on earth and uh, c.s lewis says that uh, explanations about the gospel are not the gospel the gospel's the gospel amen and uh, and so when we tell the story we're reenacting the gospel we're retelling his story and not necessarily i mean explaining it's good and i love hearing explanations don't get me wrong but if, you know, that's not, that's the uh, external. And so I'm just very grateful for you and, and uh, that the Lord would choose uh, to use me, uh, use my voice that he gave me uh, and, uh, and then provide providentially in circumstances where I could record it, where it could be distributed. This is all part of God's plan. Yes, it is. And that I ever purchased that. And eventually, I think you know, maybe CDs were broken. I don't know. They were literally all over the place. And and I think I remember donating the last few to the Goodwill or something like that, thinking, okay, maybe this will bless somebody else too. It'll get in somebody else's hand. So such a remarkable story to me and so, so very meaningful. Well, I want to talk about the most reluctant convert. I've seen it a couple times now. And you know, tell us first of all what it's all about. For those of us who may have missed it, I'm I'm, uh, sure. I'm broadcasting out of Lexington, and I remember it was here just for you know an extended time, maybe a couple of weeks. I can't remember or longer. And but um, tell us tell us what is that all about? Sure, sure. Uh, the film began as a stage play that has been touring around the country since 2016, uh, and uh, the stage play emerged after. Uh, adapting the screw tape letters and the great divorce from the page to the stage and uh, both those books by c.s lewis screw tape and the great divorce reflect some aspect of lewis's conversion 
to Christianity and his resistance to his conversion. Uh, and he wrote about that in his memoirs called Surprised by Joy. And that is the source material for the most reluctant convert. We got the rights from C.S. Lewis estate to use that book to tell the movie's story. Uh, probably 90% of the words came from that book. Hmm. Uh, and, and what the most reluctant convert is about, it's an origin story about how the most influential Christian writer of the past hundred years uh, and, and uh, became a Christian. And the film is told by an older Lewis coming alive in his memories, the tale of his conversion from hard-boiled atheists to first belief in God, meaning the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, uh, not the God of the philosophers. He did. He went from atheism to essentially a belief in the God and the philosophers, then to a, a very clear belief of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He was almost like Moses, the burning bush. Uh, I and uh, becoming confronted with the great I am, and then finally coming to believe in Christ Himself, and so that's what the story of of most reluctant converts about. And why do you think that C.S. Lewis is still relevant today? Um, I think there are many reasons. One is because he had such a powerful conversion from being a vigorous debunker, being a hard-boiled atheist. Mm -hmm. We know exactly the kind of questions people would ask about faith. And, uh, and, and he would draw those pictures in his book, whether they be screw tape letters, great divorce, mere Christianity, uh, even Narnia. Um, and, uh, and so I think that's a key point that he, he would answer the questions people were asking, uh, that were you know sometimes they they felt like they weren't getting asked in church mm -hmm. you know it was assumed that you would be a person of faith but faith particularly in the modern world is becoming harder and harder we we want uh, some sort of proof we want some sort of certainty and uh and and lewis in his own way tries to give it uh uh, and and then, of course, you look at his journey itself. His journey was such that, you know, he lost his mother to cancer uh, when she was nine, when he was nine. Mm -hmm. He had uh, a, a, a terrible relationship with his father, which got worse after his mother died. Uh, he experienced the senseless brutality of trench warfare in World War One. And he came to the conclusion that either there's no God behind the universe, a God who's indifferent to good and evil, or worse, an evil God. And a lot of people have those kinds of feelings, particularly people who have struggled with the unfairness, the injustice of, of pain and evil that strikes them, doesn't strike uh, others. Uh, and through the, through the support of people like J.R. Tolkien and Owen Barfield and Hugo Dyson and others, uh, he came to realize that that position was not tenable. You know, he said his argument against God was that the universe was so cruel and unjust. Mm -hmm. But where had he got this notion of cruel and unjust? He calls a line crooked because he has some idea of a straight line. Uh, when you call something cruel and unjust, you must have a picture of what's uh, merciful and just. So what were you comparing this cruel and unjust universe with when you called it cruel and unjust? If, if the universe has no meaning, which is what what his belief system implies, you'd, you'd never know it. Meaning wouldn't exist. 
Uh, and so that got him to really reevaluating uh, his uh, his his position. Um, he he wrote later on something that I think, and all of this uh, in, tells you the kind of of, of thinker he was. Uh, he wrote later that Christianity doesn't solve the problem of evil, the problem of pain, it creates it because pain or evil would be no problem unless you had some expectation that ultimate reality, the ultimate universe that you expect that is behind the universe is righteous and good. And of course, the materialist alternative is it's all the results of physics and biochemistry. And any experience that you have on a day-to-day -day basis about evil and suffering, you lose a child. Uh, uh, the injustice, the wickedness of that, uh, of any kind of right and wrong. If it's just a materialistic universe, then it's that's just the random result of a blind, arbitrary universe. It's just simply the cards you're dealt. Uh, and that comes with that worldview. And so what Lewis wants us to do is, is really have a stark picture of if you believe this, if you do not believe in God, then you believe in a random universe. And when you have an either-or, then believing in God becomes much simpler. If you just debunk the God hypothesis and have no, no, uh, nothing to replace it, uh, you're, you're really not helping anyone. And and Lewis is really good at making that clear. Oh, I think he is too. And you know, you have studied him so so much. Do you feel like you have some personal connection to him in some way, as far as? Like, do you ever think, oh, am I saying that or is Lewis saying that? Do you because you're well, they're so interwoven? Well, you know how admiration works, right? Yes. You know, you when you admire something, uh, there's a kind of uh, you know, it, it, it makes you you want to be that, right? Yes. You you want to uh, you want to uh, uh, subscribe to that. You want to get there, and and Lewis has pushed me more than I otherwise would be pushed mm. um, in terms of thinking things through, in terms of helping other people think things through, in terms of being imaginative. You know, he, God has set eternity in our hearts. Right. He's made us a little lower than the angels. And so what Lewis wants to do is, is touch on those things mm. that, uh, you know, touch on that. What is that eternity that I experience? Why am I a little lower than the angels? Let me explore that. And that's what Lewis does. How was your personal conversion different from Lewis's or the same? Uh, well, I mean, I see a lot in the sense that I resisted it mm -hmm. because I didn't want to admit that God is God because I knew there was consequences that I had to count the cost. Nobody builds a tower without counting the cost. Uh, that I knew that God expected, uh, you know, he's offering forgiveness, but he expects repentance. Uh, and repentance means to turn around, to uh, change the direction you're walking, mm -hmm. uh, because you're walking down uh, a road that leads to, uh, uh, really, that leads to damnation, uh, pretty slowly, but surely. Uh, and if you want to go to life, you have to turn around. So there there was that, and so there was tremendous resistance uh, but I also had this real sense that that the alternative to God didn't make sense. Mm -hmm. That you know, if, if the alternative to God is is uh, you know the universe 
uh, looks like it is designed, but the answer is it's not. It's random. Uh, those kinds of, of of thoughts just never uh, made sense to me. So, uh, so when you walk in faith, you know that's that's the first step of a journey. Uh, if it didn't make sense, I suspect I would have uh, lost faith, lost hope, and turned around. But what I found is that God was leading me, and and it was uh, leading me to more and more light, more and more spacious places that I had had prior to that. So it was like a, you know, I was going into the light. You know, it wasn't mm -hmm. a, it wasn't a leap into the dark. It was a leap into the light. Wow. How old were you when you? I was in my early twenties. You were okay. Uh -huh. And I know that you were born in Panama City. That's so Panama in Central America, right? Yes. It yeah. Was. How about how did that come about? Just real quick. Well, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, my uh, my mom met a, a, an American soldier in the in the canal zone. She was a single mom, and uh, he uh, fell in love with her, married her, and and adopted me, and uh, oh. brought me to America when I was four. Okay. Uh, and what was really interesting about that was. Uh, um, you know, I I came into the West Side Passenger Terminal uh, uh, in in Manhattan uh, about uh, you know about fifteen minutes for where our offices are. Oh wow! Uh, uh, which is you know again a real sense of uh, of God's providence. Yes, that God had a plan for me even then. You know, I had the first thing I had to do was. Uh, learn the English language. I've been working on it ever since. <laughs> I bet. Well, tell us what's next for you. Yes. Yeah. Well, we, we did the play, The Most Reluctant Convert, and made a movie of it, right. uh, which we're very pleased. And the movie's done extremely well. Uh, we had a, we launched November 3rd, as you said, last year. And, and it was supposed to be a one-night launch, and it, and it ran for a month in some places. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's uh, it's uh, now it's available on Amazon Prime and YouTube. And in fact, Amazon Prime it's it's got over a thousand reviews on Amazon Prime. It's very yeah. very popular. In fact, Amazon just contacted our office telling us they want to do a big promotion on it. Uh, so I was cool. really pleased by that. They would they because it's it's doing so well. Uh, and your audience can learn about it at going to cslewismovie.com if they're interested, okay. uh, or they can just go to Amazon Prime and look up Most Reluctant Convert. Yes, um, but uh, we're we're gonna uh, the, the 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 play in the film end at his conversion, and so uh, we're doing a play uh, that opens uh, next month uh, around the country, and it's going to be in, uh, near you in Cincinnati, I think, in November. Yes, um, and then the most reluctant convert, I think, is going to be at the University of Kentucky sometime in March or April, I can't remember, but we're, we're still negotiating, uh, but we have dates and a venue and looking forward to coming. Um, but uh, when, when Lewis was converted, you know, just like you and I were converted, you know, we weren't going to become the most influential Christian writers in the 20th century or the next hundred years, you know, that was unique to Lewis. Mm -hmm. uh, what made him such an extraordinary man that 
the BBC would give him a national platform to explain Christianity to a post-Christian culture during the war because they needed hope, they needed purpose, they needed a reason mm. to fight, to live. And he gave it to them. You know, he explained the reality of, of God, the reality of good and evil, the reality of, of the moral law. People you know, needed to hear that in their darkest hour. He became one of the most published authors in history, I think, since he started writing in the 30s till, you know, now he's he's published uh, over a quarter of a billion books. And, uh, and he's helped millions and millions of people. And so we want to tell that story uh, on stage. And we're using uh, amazing uh, projection designs and uh, uh, to create this theatrical experience that's going to take you, the name of the play is further up, further in, uh, to get you inside the, the mind of C.S. Lewis. Uh, mm. And so, uh, you know, uh, uh, we want to tell that story. And then we want to make a, a, a film two more films of Lewis's life uh, beginning uh, next year oh, that uh, will will go out, uh, will probably be released in 24 and 25. Mm, great. That is wonderful. And, you know, we've come kind of full circle too, Max, because that what you just said about that purpose to live and finding hope, that's another reason why the life of C.S. Lewis is so relevant today and meaningful because people need hope and they, they want that purpose and they do, maybe they're seekers and they want those answers. So thank you so very much for taking the time out of your very busy schedule to come on the show. We'll be sure and put all the, in the show notes and the YouTube description, all your links, how to get in touch with you and your ministry. And I know uh, we are, we'll be in Cincinnati with further up, further in. And I can't wait for you to come to UK. I think that's just wonderful. How cool is that? So God bless you and your ministry. Thank you so much. And I truly mean that from the bottom of my heart. And I cannot wait to promote this particular episode. And so that all my listeners can know just, uh, you know, what's going on behind the scenes. You've been so, so kind to come on the show. So thank you so much. Thank you very much. Hey, everybody. I wanted to come to you right now and say thank you for visiting me at Bay at Mom this past weekend. I had such a great time. And I want to highlight today the winner of the amazing prize that we had a drawing or a giveaway. And as you may know, I was there at a booth for Girls Day Out and I was selling the Choose to Think devotional. It's recently newly revised and just loving it. I love talking about the book with people who would come by or encouraging others to buy the book. It was so much fun because there's so much work in here. And I am so, I, I believe in the, the, the book and the, the messages that are here, our call to choose to think in every single area of our life, whether it's our health, our physical health. I want to be a fit and fun Nana. Do you, do you want to be healthy? Like 
optimally weigh out your best you ever, the best health that you can be. So you feel well, you feel strong, you feel in, energized. Is that the way you want to be? That's the way I want to be. So I want to be strong. I want to choose to think when it comes to my physical health, my emotional health, my mind and my feelings and emotions. And I'm, am I like this or am I robust in my feelings and and my emotions do I kind of take those back and don't let them drive me they don't drive the ship anymore so I want, I want to choose to think when it comes to that kind of health as well I want to choose to think when it comes to relationships I want to make sure that my thoughts line up in my marriage with who God says I am who God says he is and what he says about my marriage I want all of that to be congruent when I say wealth in the area of wealth it's all about purpose it can be money I want to do money God's way, but your purpose, your identity, we need to choose to think when it comes to our purpose and make sure that we're, our, our thoughts are driving the ship here and they are leading us in a certain direction. Is that our purpose in life? Is that what, how God's lined us up to, to go? And if not, if we're kind of derailed or stagnant or don't really know why we're here, then maybe it's time to pray and ask God about that and begin to choose to think about what he says about our purpose and allow him to, to lead us in all of that. And then finally, our faith. Of course, our faith. This book is faith-filled. It is a Christian devotional. It is 365 days, the way it's lined out is by the date, then a target scripture, a couple of paragraphs for an application and an I choose declaration for that day, journal questions, reflection questions to do with a group, or from there, it could be even a prayer as we end with a prayer on that day. It's said to be a jumpstart for your own personal Bible study. It is not a Bible study. It is a jumpstart to that. A devotion is a way to say, you know, I'm going to wake up today. and I'm going to start my day right. I'm going to start with the word of God. And then I'm going to learn a little bit about that scripture. And then I'm going to think about it and go deeper. And then I'm going to pray. So it's a one-stop shop to get going on your day. I'm working on Audible. It's a tough thing, but I'm trying my best to get this book up to Audible. So the first prize in that giveaway that we did at the mall, and we had I had about 15 people register to win the prize, and I'm going to show you the winner in a second. But number one was they get the Choose to Think devotional. Second to that, an amazing Choose to Think shirt. Then as an extra bonus, like I think this is almost a $40 value, is a Valerie de, de, uh, journal. And and these are faux leather. They're also called vegan journals. I never heard of that before, but that's the glory of faux leather, I suppose. You can actually record your answers to the to the devotional journaling prompt questions if you want. So it's a beautiful, beautiful journal that comes as a part of the prize. And then really kind of the grand prize was my friend, Carrie, she stole the show and she said, yes, I want to donate two passes and each passes were $70. So it's a $140 value to Halo Salt Room. So you need to check out Halo Salt Room. This is a wide variety of salt room benefits, very popular in Europe and Russia. The salt works like a sponge absorbing toxicity and mucus in the lungs so that your body can expel it. It's called halo therapy. 
<laughs> Don't you love that? Like mm, halo, halo therapy can also reduce bacteria and inflammation of the skin. All you need to do is relax and breathe, breathe. No wonder people love to go here. And the great thing about the giveaway is that we have two passes, one for you and a friend. So you're just going to be in a room where you're relaxing and you get to sit and kind of unwind and you get to share that experience with a friend. So it's that intimate connection and conversation that you can have even while you're there. Kind of like, I guess, years ago, we might sit in a sauna together or go to, you know, maybe go to the gym or work out together. But this one, this particular salt therapy is more, I think, just a way to detox and sit and be still a little bit. It's a salty spa experience. You get to just get into one of their chairs and just breathe in those micro crystals of therapeutic grade salt is dispersed into the air with a machine. And then while you relax and breathe deeply, your body receives a bounty of natural and holistic skin and lung benefits. I asked Carrie, I said, okay, so are you absorbing a ton of sodium in all of this? Because what if you have high blood pressure or you're on a sodium restricted diet? And her answer was absolutely no. The amount of sodium that you get is apparently what you might get if you ate one potato chip. So we have two free tickets there. The winner's gonna get that. I'm also going to put in there a teeny sample from Nutriplenish. It's a treatment mask. The back of this, it's a little teeny Aveda, which is what Darlene uses at South Hill Salon. I just wanted to give a shout out because she also donated some Nutriplenish treatment mask. But Aveda has all kinds of products and Darlene has them, has so many of them there. She will help you. She will explain what all of these things are. I just can't now read how this is applied. Um, but I can see it's talking about pollutants. So, but you know, your hair also absorbs all those pollutants and stuff. So she is the Aveda expert and she's going to be able to tell you all about this, but you get one of those and you can visit her at South Hill Salon. She is in Plays Mill Plaza Salon Suites. One of the things that we love, her customers and clients love about her salon is that it's private. You know, you don't go into a salon and you just have multiple booths all over and people can see everything that's happening. Not that that's a horrible thing by any stretch, but still sometimes you want privacy or maybe you have private questions about your hair care that you want to ask someone and she is the expert so it's a wonderful setting where you can go and and visit with her so if you're looking for a new hairstylist in the lexington kentucky area please give darlene a call go to her website it's southhillsalon.com take you right there and again that's south Hill Salon and just tell her that Victoria from Cheese to Think sent you. So that's everything in the wonderful giveaway package over a $200 value. I think it came in somewhere around $225. So here you go, my wheel of names. All I have to do, I have I have the people on here and I just have to click to spin. There we go. And the winner is Shelby. Yay, Shelby H. We got a winner. So I'm so delighted that Shelby is the winner. I know each of these ladies on this wheel. Some of them are dear friends of mine. Others, perfect strangers I met the day as I'm standing there passing out flyers, trying to promote and sell my choose to think inspirational devotional and my t-shirts and just get the podcast information about the choose to think inspirational podcast out there. Thank you again for all of you who tuned in, who came, 
who were so supportive in, in your kind, kind words. Please get yourself a copy of this devotional. I'm going to put the link in the show notes. Get your devotional. I, one of my friends just wrote me and said, you know what, Victoria, a friend was at my house and she so loved your devotional. She's now taking it to, she's in the healthcare. And apparently they have a group of nurses there who do I guess, devote daily devotionals. And you're like, oh my gosh, this would be perfect for that. It's perfect for one-on-one. -on -one. Like if you and a friend want to go through this devotional together, you can start today. You don't have to start in January. Obviously I'm pushing for the new year because most people tend to get their devotionals in December because they want to start in January. But it makes a great gift also. So you can do it by yourself. You can ask a friend to go through the devotional with you. You can do it in Sunday school class with or with a small group, kind of get a book club going. You can do it at your work, your place of work, anywhere we can get the good news out. I would so appreciate it. It will revolutionize your life. You know, the subtitle is, its title is Find Peace, Joy, Hope, Health, and Freedom Every Day. Let me tell you, it's possible. It is absolutely possible as a Christ follower, as a Christian, as a Christ follower, you can have peace, joy, health, hope, and freedom every single day. Does it mean your life is easy? Absolutely not. Does it mean there won't be trials and hardships, even really, really, really hard ones? Absolutely not. That's not what Jesus says. That's not what the Bible says. Can we have joy amidst the storm? Yes. Can Do we have hope that helps us weather the storm? Yes. Can we have freedom from our past, from shame, from addiction, from any myriad of issues where we're kind of trapped? Yes. Can we have health, optimal emotional and physical health? Yes. Yes, we can. And it's there for us. And so this is a way to keep those topics in mind, those themes in mind as you go. And it will increase your, your faith and hopefully you'll have peace as you go about your day. You'll start your day with peace on the right foot. So get your copy of this devotional and or give it to a friend and be blessed. So thank you for, for showing up today with me. All right. God bless you. And that's a wrap, Brain Changer. And until next time, Dios primero y que Dios te bendiga. Ciao.